Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. Personality assessments and conversations on this topic seem to be everywhere these days. Today, we want to add our two cents and talk about what personality actually is, when it's developed, how it does and doesn't serve us, and ask the bold question, are we putting too much stock into it? Now, don't get me wrong. Understanding our motivations and tendencies and the reasons for them can be a helpful tool. But let's make sure to keep personality and identity in the right lanes. Now, if you're intrigued, stick around for our conversation. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today's episode is going to be on understanding personality. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure how it's going to go. <laughs> but we were discussing beforehand and we'll see what we get. But I think it's a topic that... At well, least... we have different opinions about yeah, how... Yes. Yeah. Which could lead to some really fun conversations. So Fun or scary. Yeah. One yeah. of the two. You're in for a wild ride. So if you love personality topics, this will be great for you. If you don't, you're going to love it too because yeah, we're going to yeah. hit all... All points of it. He's, he's talking big talk over there. But. I know. I was just trying to build it up, you know, like get them excited about what's about ready to happen. All right. Well, we'll find out as you do. <laughs> Let's start with this question. How, when, and why is personality developed? Well, personality is adapted. And so therefore, from the time uh, from birth to three years old, 75% of our personality is developed. By the time we're seven years old, it's 100% developed, firmly rooted inside of us. And so what causes our personality to develop could be our family of origin. Uh, this is how I fit in my family. This is what I need to do to be accepted. This is how I need to respond because, you know, mom loses her cool or dad mm -hmm. gets angry. So I learn to modify myself. I learn to adapt myself uh, to meet the needs. So it could be family of origin. It could be teaching, whether it's formal or informal teaching. The fact is uh, what I see modeled before me causes me to think that's the way I need to be. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's just like a child looking and saying, I admire daddy and this is what daddy does. So that's what I have to be. So it's not out of just negative things. It's just out of life. And um, it could also be our experiential reality, whether it was a trauma thing or just our life experiences where we learn to adapt ourselves once again to meet our need, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, yeah. we adapt ourselves. And uh, another thing is actually culture. Mm -hmm. So you you might notice in certain cultures, people might be more reserved. Other uh, cultures, people are much more loud and boisterous. And so our very culture can feed into us. This is how we have to be. Yeah. This is what we need to do to meet our needs. So I have a what if question. Okay. <laughs> You're like, oh boy. So what if... Now, obviously, each person has their own unique DNA, right? Correct. It's who they are. They Correct. were created to be by God's design. Yes. Okay. So could the same person be born into two different environments and their personality reflect their environment? Does that make sense? Because right now we look and say, well, this person, this is their personality. This is who they are. But if that exact same person oh. was born in different environments, would that reflect their environment or actually who they are? Uh, 
probably their environment. We adapt to our environment. Yeah. Uh, you know, did you hear the phrase of a chameleon? Mm -hmm. You know, how do they protect themselves? That wherever that chameleon goes, it looks like its environment. It's its way of protection. Yeah. And um, so the fact is, I mean, a child is born being driven by their needs. Personality mm -hmm. is needs motivated yeah. behavior. Mm -hmm. So it's what I adapt to ultimately meet my needs. Okay. Because I want mom or dad or the teacher or the classmate or my siblings or someone. This is this is how I have to respond to them. So mm -hmm. I think all of us in our own life can look and say, yeah, I had to do this if I was going to make it through. I had four older brothers. <laughs> Believe me, I had to be very, very assertive to survive with four four older brothers, yeah. right? And so that's what I did to meet my need. And so I adapted my personality to meet my needs so I could fit in and survive. And that, I don't want to make survive sound like this bad word, you know, but, but basically- To have your needs met. Yeah, to have my needs met so yeah. that I could function in my family environment or in my school environment or whatever environment I'm in. And uh, that's why- personality can change maybe up to, you know, like 30% throughout your life. Because when you go into different environments, you'll adapt. You'll be one way at school, another way at work, another way at home, another way here, another way there. Yeah. Uh, because I have to adapt. So my personality can change over my lifetime. Um, but even as a child, I might adapt different ways of functioning in different environments. Yeah. So we'll look at someone and identify them by their personality. But that, their personality that's pretty evident. Okay, yeah. But their personality doesn't always mean that's who they are. To their core. Innately. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, to their core, yeah. who they are. But even though we identify someone in that way, because that's how we experience them, but their identity is not necessarily an essential or a core part of who they are. Their is personality. That what, yeah. 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 Their personality yeah. is not the core of who they are. Yeah. 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 And so, so true. Yeah. Um, so here we are in the most formative stage of our life as a small child. And we, we are created with needs. We're created to have our needs met. Every human being has a core need for love, belonging, acceptance, um, safety, you know, those things. And so here we are in that very formative stage of life. And we're just trying to figure out how to get those needs met, how to feel that sense of belonging, acceptance. And so, yeah, based upon your environment of where you are, if you are in a very, um, if you're in a very driven, very goal-oriented household, you're gonna you're gonna learn that in order to be loved and accepted, I have to perform this way. Um, or uh, if you're in a an abusive environment, you're gonna learn I have to do this to get my needs met, to have that that need of safety met. And so, uh, all of this to say, it's very important because I think, especially um, you know, in our culture, we talk so much about personality, 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 and personality is a wonderful tool. It's very uh, helpful in understanding ourselves in the world, but recognizing that it was developed out of a, a needs-based, self-protective uh, um, part of our life. And it is not the core of who we are. It is a part of who we are. It, it comes out in the way that we um, show up in the world, but it isn't who we are. And so I'm hoping we're, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And, and you can correct me if you don't like this illustration, but personality is kind of like clothes. It's kind of like the outer shell of what we wear, but our clothes aren't really who we are. 
Uh, yes and no. I would say uh, it, it, you know, that that's a good illustration, but the fact is you know your clothes are not you. Mm-hmm. You might put on different clothes to fit into different environments, and you do that deliberately. Well, so I mean, you if you in. believe that your personality is your identity. If you believe your personality is your clothes that you wear, if you believe that what you put on or adapted yourself is who you are, you believe that. And honestly, you feel that, you experience mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It It's... Uh, for many, many, many years, I thought I was my personality and I just had to live with Melody and somehow by the grace of God and his mercy, I wouldn't screw up so bad because I was this alpha woman, man-hating woman's liber. Why? I adapted to my world to survive. I had to learn to kick down the door if it was locked in front of me, you know, so I became very, very aggressive and assertive. But when I gave my life to Jesus, that I go, that that's not really godly, you know? Yeah. That's not the way you should function. So I didn't know how to not be who I was. Yeah. Because starting at that little child, those things are beginning to inform your decisions. They're shaping your beliefs. They're coloring your worldview. So it actually does become a part of who you are. Yes, yes, exactly. It's just not the very core of who God created you to be. But it is a part of you. Yeah, I mean, I think of Saul. My goodness, he he was he was a very strong man. Not King Saul, Saul of Tarsus. I mean, he was strong, and he man, you disagree with me, we're gonna kill you. You know, I mean, he was a murderer. He was, you know, just who he was. And um, but he had an encounter with God, and he mm-hmm. found out who he was was not who he was, and he became Paul. Yeah, and so. When we meet our creator, then we start gaining a greater understanding of what was adapted personality and who he really created us to be. Yeah. And Which so, can be very close. Yeah, yeah. Or it may, they can it be may polar change. opposites. Yeah, it may start to change even the way you, you know you behave in understanding mm-hmm. that freedom. But it might not. It might be very similar. It's just that your uh, your motivations, your convictions are different. But right. your behavior, you know, your like the the speed at which you do things. You know, your you know whether you're type A or type B, that might kind of stay the same but it's going to change. Well, if you're coming from a healed it. place or from a broken place. That's that's exactly so right. Those things really affect your person or how you um how can I put it? How you reveal or demonstrate mm-hmm. your personality. Well, it's kind of like Saul and Paul. He was that aggressive person, mm-hmm. but really once he was converted, he's still a very aggressive person. Mm-hmm. And I think he needed that for the call of God on his life, but his whole belief system changed. His his motivations changed. So maybe his personality didn't change because, you know, he he was still very He definitely got a new identity because names in the word of God, you know, your name revealed who you really are. And and I love how it talks in Revelation about writing a new name on a white stone. And I just love that because as we're going through life trying to really figure out who we are and how we fit in the world and how we show up and how to release our contribution and purity and all these type of things, as we're going through life, when it's all said and done, we're going to really see a true picture of who we are, you know, when we see who he calls us. 
Yeah. We're all in that process of transformation of um, walking from glory to glory. And then I love uh, the Bible. It says, you know, now you see through a glass darkly, then you will see me face to face. So, you know, eventually we're going to see the purity, the true Mm -hmm. um, identity of who God created us to be. And so... um, And so the more we know him, the more we grow in God, the more we understand personality, the more we understand our innate, unchanging nature, as it were, you know, the more we understand those things, the more we can uh, be conformed to the image of Christ because we're running all those things through the grid of his voice and his word and his truth. And so it's really powerful. But uh, m- let me go back to personality because mm-hmm. it is our needs motivated behavior. And one thing that I've learned, if I am driven to meet my needs solely, which mm-hmm. a child pretty much yeah. is, right? So it's it's very egocentric. Yeah. You know, when a baby wants to be fed, a baby wants to mm-hmm. be fed. You know, when a two-year-old wants something and they don't get it, they might throw a royal, royal fit because they're very ego-driven, yeah. correct? And so this is in the time of our life when our personality is being established by the time we're three. Now, how many mature three-year-olds <laughs> do you know, okay? They're, they're not thinking about impacting the world or leading people effectively, they're just still just trying to get what they want when they want it, how they want it. And um, so our personality is developed through our needs motivated behavior. And oftentimes being driven by our need is very fear based. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid I won't get this need met. So therefore I have to act and respond in a certain way to get my need met. So to me, it's very scary if I'm leaning on my personality to say, this is who Melody is, then I'm leaning on something that was developed through fear. Right. And that's not where I want to be or where I want to go or where I want to lead other people or where I want to judge or stereotype or put somebody in a box. Yeah. 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 Personality is an important tool. It's a valuable tool, but it is not who we are. And, you know, an illustration for my life was, you know, I was just a sweet little girl. You know, I started being molested at two years old. If you listen to this podcast, you know my story. So those events that began to take place over the next seven years told Melody, you got a lot. I mean, you you got to be silent. You can't talk to anybody. You can't communicate. So I was not relational, mm-hmm. uh, or at least I don't think I was. I don't remember so much, but I had to hold people at a distance. I had a fight for myself. I had to rise up, and, and with having four older brothers, I had to stand up for myself. Yeah. And that, along with all these other things, uh, I became this alpha woman. You know, I mean, I was an alpha teenager, you know, I was, it it helped me in sports. So I'll knock anybody (laughs) over to get there, you know, get the goal, you know, so I was very competitive and I was very, very aggressive and not in a positive way because I was still fighting to get my needs met when I was 12 and 13 and 15 and 18 and 20, you know, and I didn't get saved till I was 21. That's when things began to change for me. But up until I was 21 years old, I was still fighting to to get ahead, to climb the corporate ladder, or to climb climb the governmental ladder, or step on somebody else, you know, rather than to be stepped on because uh, everyone was a potential perpetrator, especially men. So all those 
things shaped what I believed about life and what I believed uh, I needed to be. And the thing was, that was my personality. When I took personality assessments, I was a high aggressive task-oriented person. I had nothing else in me but that. There was no blend. There was no combinations. That's all Melody was. Yeah. And that's not who you are now. No. And as soon as I got saved and I experienced love. Mm -hmm. Before I even grew that much in God, I had an experiential reality with perfect love. And this young alcoholic 21-year-old woke up the next morning with no desire for alcohol, with an awareness that something completely different than anything I ever experienced in my life happened inside of me. And all I knew is I said, God, if you're there, so obviously there had to be a God. So that was my salvation encounter, which took me a while to really understand what took place. But what I was aware of, something happened on the inside of me. And my friends, well, I don't want to call them friends because they were all afraid of me, but (laughs) people would come up and they'd go, man, what happened to you? And I didn't even know what happened to me yet. And they came up and they said, you were Mel Mel. Everybody could go to hell. And now you're like mellow. (laughs) So what was that? It was the spirit of God. Yeah. So who I believed my whole life that I was, suddenly I realized that's not me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, did did you still have those, um, that aggressive you know, personality though, in the way that you did things, um, was that still a part of your kind of behavior? Yeah, I'm still aggressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're, um, and so, um, but I don't. I've learned not to be aggressive through fear. Yeah, I've learned just to be motivated by faith. Yeah. So I really don't use the word aggressive. That kind of has a negative connotation. Connotation. I'd rather call it motivated, yeah. passionate, yeah. purpose driven, that type of thing. And really, that's what it is. Yeah. And so I can use that aggressive personality, you know, to help me stay focused to work a 18 hour day right. if I need to do it, you know, or to knock down a door that the devil says you're not going to go there, you know, or whatever. So I can use that, but I'm so aware of the foundation of personality that I don't let my needs drive me. Yeah. I will not be controlled by my personality. Right. I want to be led by the spirit. Yeah. So you kind of could take the good of it and leave some of those unhealed aspects behind. Correct. But it's still serving you now that you've learned to use it as a tool instead of... Yeah, but I also recognize that that is not who I am. I've recognized I am who God says I am. And I remember being, even before I was saved, I remember uh, just doing really cruel things really aggressive things. And I think inside myself, I say, Melody, that's not you. Mm-hmm. You know, I even, I was pastoring and people would say to me when I, when I was pastoring, they say, you're not relational. 
And I believed them. I thought, well, I'm not a relational. I'm I'm a high task oriented, aggressive person. So I'm just not relational. But inside of me, everything I knew I was doing was because I loved people. Yeah. And I didn't know how to reconcile that mm -hmm. until I discovered that I am an extremely relational person. Yeah. No matter what my personality says, I am highly relational. I might not be social yeah. because of my personality. Like, just socializing to socialize, idle talk. In fact, in the last podcast, they you guys started joking and everything, and it's like I don't know what to do she with all this shut crazy. Us down. Yeah, I don't know what to do with all that crazy stuff. And um, because you know that's not comfortable, and that's probably because of my personality. Yeah. And um, but I recognize I'm so highly relational. Everything I do is because I love people. Yeah. So we've really got to not take personality as the law right. of who God says we are. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, go to the author and the finisher of our faith. So if we're responding out of fear and that's being manifested through our personality, I think sometimes people can get very much like, well, this is who I am. This is my personality. And it's coming from a wounded, <laughs> dark place. Mm -hmm. Where if we can recognize that these our personality is a need-based motivation expression of who we are, that as we get healing, we can actually utilize personality to our advantage and yeah. not our disadvantage and keep us in a box and say, well, this is just who I am. I love, love, love that you said that because I am a behavioral analysis consultant and yeah. I've taught this stuff. And from the very beginning, I said, do not use this as an excuse to say, this is just the way I am. Yeah. So I can function in negative ways that are harming ourselves and harming others. Mm -hmm. You know, for me living only in that, it was, I mean, face it, y'all, you know, I use you all the time as an illustration because you're my kid, right? But you were used to that, a very aggressive uh, mom that, you know, barked out the orders and was demanding and commanding and forceful. And I was loving at the same time, uh, not usually at the same time, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a loving mom and I nurtured and I trained you guys. But at this, you know, in the midst of that, you know what it was like when mom functioned like that. Because yeah. I did. And that was one thing that I had to spend a lot of time repenting to my kids for, you know, once I had a whole lot more revelation, you know, and, you know, please forgive me because those actions were wrong. Yeah. 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 But it's the only way I know how to, knew how to act yeah. in those early twenties, you know, yeah. even after salvation. Yeah. yeah. It's a process. It's a process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, could we can we talk about some of the benefits of understanding our personality? I know we, we're saying we don't want to lean on it. That's not the whole of who we are, um, but but it is a tool. I think personality mm -hmm. very much can be a tool, and it can be very helpful to understand um, our our own personality and other people's personality. So, could you talk about some of the benefits? Well, to that? I uh, one thing I think the more we understand personality, the more we understand. Um, are reasons why we might do something. Yeah. Even if it is not innately 100% of who we are, and it can change over time, and it might be different in different environments, just by knowing that and understanding that, I do not act one way in one environment and another way in another. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to show up authentically. I'm not going to go in to any situation and say, what do I need to do to be accepted? So when I know that's rising up inside of me, maybe a fear, what if I'm not accepted? What is someone going to think of me? What if I don't do good? And it causes me to want to lean upon my personality, I'm going, don't you go there, Melody, because you're going there in fear. And that's never a healthy way to do anything. So the more we understand something, the wiser decisions we can make to recognize when is it healthy, when is it unhealthy, when is it fear-based, when is it faith-based, you know, and to be able to process so we can make healthy decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I can see in my own life, you know, my personality um, says that I am um, a helper, a nurturer. Um, I, I like making sure, you know, I love a good charcuterie board. I want to make it, you know, very hospitality driven, all of those things. Um, but the core, I've learned that the core of who I am is uh, very autonomous, very independent. And so I I used to shut that part of me down because my personality said I have to take care of everybody's needs. Uh, And so I would overextend myself in some areas and and just try to make sure everybody was okay, everybody was happy. Uh, But the more I learned about the core of who I am, that that, um, though I love people, I actually function better on my own a lot of times. And so I used to go into an environment um, and try to you know, people please and meet everybody else's needs and shut the core of who I am down. But now I can go into a situation, be very autonomous and use my personality uh, as a tool instead of embracing that if I don't meet everybody's needs, then I'm a horrible person for wanting to go be alone right now. Um, you know, I can function out of the core of who I am and use my personality as a tool, not be driven by my personality and shut down the core of who I am. And see, your personality is a a much sweeter personality than what mine was. <laughs> so I think I had to put, you know, put down the hammer quite a few times on my personality because it wasn't necessarily a godly reflection to where your personality was is like hospitality. That's biblical. It's like <laughs> every personality has its its, its yeah. dark side. Yeah, if you're walking in fear. Yeah. 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 Because then you're doing, in a way, if I meet their need, that meets my need. It makes yeah. me feel better about myself. Yeah. So it, I think the key is, is our personality can be a tool, but not to use it to meet our need. Yes. Yes. Not solely to, not to manipulate. That's to right. Meet our need. Yes. yes. I think it can, it can meet our need but we're not using it in a manipulative sense to, well, you know, out of de- fear meet our need. It was developed to meet our need. Yeah. So it will meet a need in us. Yes. But uh, don't we live in a, now maybe I'm getting off topic <laughs> now, don't we live in a very ego-driven world when God has planted us in this earth, mm-hmm. right, to build his kingdom, to be servants of all, yeah. to walk in a way that... Uh, reaches out and ministers life to other. The very core of the prophetic is to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. So I've been put on this earth to contribute to yeah. my world. And when I contribute, honestly, the more I... Okay, I'm half sentences here. I'm sorry. <laughs> but for a man to save his life, he'll lose it. Yeah. But to lose his life for God's sake, 
we find it. And so I've learned for me that when I contribute to others in purity, it so meets my need. Yeah. So I'm not driven to meet my need, but when we do the right thing, it satisfies our soul. So that personality that was developed to meet our own need, would you say that it becomes a tool when we then utilize that to meet the needs of others or to serve the world, to contribute to the world Uh, rather than using it to define us and limit us? Yes. I think that was a very good way of saying that. Yeah. Because it's developed. Okay, it might change 30% of my lifetime, but I'm still got 70% of it in there. Okay. And so when I recognize that, then I just manage my world through wisdom. I stored my internal world through wisdom in order to contribute in healthy ways to my world. Yeah. So for you, your personality is a more aggressive, assertive... um, With nothing else in it. Yeah. (laughs) Goal-oriented person. She's a go, go, go person. Sometimes I think, I don't know how you do all that you do. Um, But you use that to serve your world. That Mm -hmm. it's a great tool that you have. For me... I really love nurturing and taking care of people. It's a tool that I can use to serve my world, but I'm not using it just to fulfill my needs and to define who I am in saying that if I don't do this, then I am less of a person or I'm not going to be accepted. My needs aren't going to be met. I'm no longer using it to define who I am. I'm now just using it as, you know, Thank you, Jesus, a developed set of skills and um, learned behaviors that I have that I can now use to serve the world. And see, that that's so beautiful because uh, if I functioned in my personality, uh, fully in my personality, you yeah. know, without all the wisdom and all the things that you just, it's a great tool to get stuff done. Yeah. But uh, I also have to recognize that if I lived out of that, I would believe I would only be successful in ministry if I had this big platform mm-hmm. or if I had this big title. And that my personality could drive me to climb whatever ladder you want to climb, even if it looks spiritual, even if it looks godly, even if it looks like I'm serving others. If my internal motivation is to climb up there so I feel better about myself, then I'm misusing my personality. It is not a tool. It's a hindrance to me. And so... um, I'm a, I must lean on what God's called me to do and who he's called me to be, not on that. But once again, the more self-aware I am, and I recognize that because honestly, platforms, positions, titles, all that stuff, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, they mean very little to me. All I want to do is honor God and love his people. That's just what I want to do. That's where I want to live. And I want to invest into the leaders so they can be instruments of justice and value all of humanity. It's not about title. It's not about position. And that is so completely opposite of my personality. Yeah. Yeah. But the personality comes in when I got to get stuff done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Autonomously. Yeah. So how often do you think people adapt their personality to their situation? Um. Until I have some of the understanding that I now have, I um, I lived thinking that was just me, and I believed some lies about myself, you know. And um, so 
It took, you know, some encounters with the Lord for him to speak to me. No, that's not who you are. It took, you know, maybe other trainings in different areas that I've pursued after because I care very much about people discovering their passion and their purpose so they can walk that out. So I've gotten, you know, a lot of trainings in those areas that caused me to view it in different ways. But in the midst of that, I've learned, because I'm in the corporate world, and so personality assessments are a very big deal in the corporate world. Yeah. And But they almost take it like, um, I mean, they take it in a way that... Um, I try to bring balance to mm -hmm. because it is the way it is. And that like I have to in the corporate world, I have to so modify myself as a leader to meet your need. And I'm thinking, is that really even healthy? Allowing your need to manipulate me so my leadership decisions are different. I've got to know that my leadership decisions align with heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Not that they're just there to meet Katie's need even though I care about your need. And I, and I want to use my life to invest in to you, but I don't want you to become dependent upon me. And I don't want you to use your need to manipulate to get something out of me. And so I've just seen things kind of misused mm -hmm. in different spheres of influence. And I go, you know, this is, you know, people like bank on that as, you know, that's who God created them to be in their mother's room, womb rather than it being adapted. Do you think sometimes even corporately, if somebody is hiring for a position based upon personality and then they still don't get the results that they're hoping for, could that be because that's that person's personality, but it's not really a fit to the core of who they are? I, I personally believe that. Um, if it is a fit according to personality, quote, you know, like maybe uh, high relational, uh, social, aggressive, you know, aggressive relational person, aggressive yeah. people person, uh, they might make a great salesman. Mm -hmm. But that still scares me a little bit because am I using my personality to take advantage of people and I'm a great salesman, but I'm selling them something that they don't even need. Yeah. Well, you're speaking from a kingdom mindset, but yeah, in, in a business realm, that's not necessarily a results. negative thing. Like it, it still could produce results. Yeah. And you could yeah. climb the ladder really well yeah. and see that's the life I live. So that's why I guess I'm challenged by that because I saw so many incongruencies between that and now maybe if I would have had more of a balanced personality, <laughs> but I was like all aggressive task, people were not a part of the picture. Yeah. And, um, and so that was incongruent to the word of God in my thinking. So it sent me on a, a journey of discovery. So I'm probably viewing things different than most typical behavioral <laughs> analysis is, you know, and, you know, I have other certifications and other things. So I probably view things very differently, but just as you said, Joel, I'm, I'm viewing them through a kingdom mindset, a kingdom culture. So each personality, some are like really, um, or oil and water, right? They're very different. Mm -hmm. Can someone, because personality is need-based, can someone at one point be such that aggressive personality and then another time in their life not even have that and function in maybe a more passive? Well, all I can do is say to 
like the statistics of different personality assessments that they, you know, anywhere from, you know, like 27 to 30%, they can change over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So we continue to adapt. I do think we also learn from our mistakes. Well, that's not working very well for me. So therefore I need to modify myself and not go there because, but see, but if I really believe my personality is me, then I almost feel like I'm denying me because me is not working for me, so I can't go there. But if I have freedom here to go there, then I'll go there. And so um, what was your question again? (laughs) Well, I had more as you were talking. Oh, okay, go ahead. (laughs) I was thinking about how quickly can someone's personality change? Because if it's need-based, right, uh, and let's say they're at one business or one church, and that's how things are done at that uh, that church or that business, and then they come to a different one, and it's totally different. How quickly can someone adapt to... We, we adapt quickly. Okay. Uh, and it might not be our personality changes, but we do adapt to meet our need. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even as a child, you know, like that three-year-old child, mm-hmm. when your kids came over to my house, they knew how to adapt to Mem and Pap's house. Mm-hmm. When they went to your house, they knew what they needed to do to fit into your house. Mm-hmm. So let's say they'd go visit Katie. Oh, Katie lets me do whatever I want. So there was freedom there. And so I could just do whatever. Maybe, I don't know if you did let them do that or not. But I'm fun, Aunt Katie. You're what? Fun Aunt Katie. You're fun Aunt Katie, yeah. <laughs> and so so I learned to adapt so I can get a lot more out of Katie because she's fun, Katie. She, uh, they come over to my house. I'm training grandma. And, you know, you go to mom and dad's house and it's different. So they adapted. Then they go off to kindergarten, mm-hmm. okay? Well, then they have a whole, or preschool or whatever it is, they have a whole new realm to adapt to. So they just learn when I go to church, this is where I am. When I go home, I am. when I go to fun Katie's, this is what I do. When I And is this. that healthy? Well, it's or just, it's just it's, part of life. It's it's just part of our human propensity to meet our needs because mm-hmm. we're driven to meet our needs. You speak a lot of sermons that humans are driven mm-hmm. to meet needs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Uh, And I think when we can understand that is our human propensity, you know, what are the good things about that? What are the bad things about that? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I think the Word of God has to be our ultimate plumb line. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm the same way in the marketplace arena, and I can't use the Word of God in those scenarios, but I try to find different ways to communicate that so that people don't, you know, half sentence again. People don't label themselves, number one. Number two, they don't stereotype people. Mm-hmm. Just say, okay, if you're this aggressive task-oriented person, that means you don't care. This, 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 yeah. this, this. And I hate labeling. I hate stereotyping. I hate making a judgment based upon just one aspect of what makes us uniquely human. Yeah. And we can't really deter... We can't uh, control what people... Uh, perceive us to be or how they label us. I think what we're kind of confronting is don't put yourself in a box based upon your own personality. Yes. Yeah, and your life experiences because they they help shape that personality. And uh, But we also have what are called adapted values. Like I can adapt 
what's important to me, what motivates me based upon my sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. So if I'm around a group of people all the time, that's why, um, you know, your kids go to school uh, it's almost scary for parents to send their kids off to school because they realize that their values can change based upon their spheres of influence sure. or their their um, you know where they relate and connect in school, and so uh, our values can just be so up and down throughout our whole life. So we need a plumb line. Mm-hmm. We we need a, a plumb line, which is the word of God to to uh, to hear God's voice. Uh, grow and learn by the spirit of God, who we are uniquely created to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have like other assessments I bring to the table that are so, uh, like the repeat reliability is like 98%. So it's showing that it's much more woven into our DNA. And so how does that look like our personality? How does that look different than our personality? And so you know, I think the more tools we have, the more understanding we have of the Word of God, um, the the more we can assess ourselves righteously and appropriately, so that we can make very healthy decisions in our life. When you so were we talking, show up. when you were talking about your past, you were basically saying every scenario required a, a hammer. Right? That's kind of who you were. But as you grew and as you understand that each environment's a little differently, sometimes it requires a, uh, a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I know for me, like we talk, uh, we talked a few times about this in the podcast, but I'm not this super social person, but there were things that I desired within my life mm-hmm. that I had to adapt mm-hmm. and even uh, gain education on so that I could receive the things, I could meet the need mm-hmm. that I had within my life. And so I think if you're a person that says, well, this is my personality and every situation requires a hammer and I'm going to bash down every wall, well, maybe that's why you're experiencing some of the things that you're experiencing and the troubles that you're experiencing because everything is solved through a hammer. Right. And so what we're suggesting is, yes, we have personality, but it's it's important to, uh, or recognize that we can develop and grow other attributes within our life that can meet our needs in, in, in any scenario. And I know we use... Uh the man and the woman in the garden at the fall all the time in our Mm -hmm. illustrations. But um, so what happened, they started focusing, okay, they believed a lie. Mm -hmm. They yielded to that lie Mm -hmm. to meet a need that they didn't even have, Mm -hmm. but they believed they had a need. So they, Mm -hmm. they sinned and, you know, to meet a need they didn't have. And what happened from that point, her desire came what what was a part of the curse. God didn't curse man and woman, but they were affected by a curse. Hers was that her desire was towards her husband. And so, like I say in that, anything we desire more than we desire God is going to pervert mm-hmm. our actions and our responses mm-hmm. in life. I will literally pervert and twist my very reason for being if, if anything has more desire in my heart than my God does. Mm-hmm. And um, and the man's desire or the man's focus was what, on, what he produced with his hands. Mm-hmm. So his identity, his value, his worth came from what he produced. 
So he had to develop things to meet his needs so he could produce to mm -hmm. optimally get what he wanted to feel mm -hmm. good about himself. She suddenly had to, whatever you say, dear, whatever you say, dear, whatever you say, dear, whatever it might have been. I don't know how she immediately responded. And then her whole identity was wrapped up being a mother mm -hmm. rather than being a daughter of the king, you know? And so suddenly all those things met her need. And so everything just got so twisted, you know, at that time. But Jesus came to redeem us from the curse. And when we know the truth of how he sees us and what he speaks to us, I, some of uh, the things that brought so much revelation to me to know really who I am now were defining moments in the presence of God. When he'd say, Melody, that is not you. This is you. Mm -hmm. And by hearing his voice and responding to his voice and practicing who he said I was, because when he speaks, there's also grace to practice that, yeah. that by reason of use, we discern this is who we really are or no, that that's just driven to meet my need. I think religion can get really funky and say, what, you have a need? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> and so one thing that I like to talk about is that we were created to be need-based beings, yeah. but our needs were designed to draw us into intimacy with God. Amen. And that's why in Philippians it says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So it's, it's not a sin to have a need, it's it means you're human, but those needs were designed by God to draw you into relationship and intimacy with him. That's right. Yeah. And see, all their need was met in the garden because they had him. Mm -hmm. But when they turned to have their needs met somewhere else, mm -hmm. that's when everything got messed up. And he is the author. He is the finisher of our faith. Yeah. 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 And so as a child in a fallen world, we look to whatever we have to, to get our needs met. Uh, even as an adult in a fallen world, sometimes yeah, that happens, yeah. right? But our personality, it starts even mm -hmm. when we're very, very young. Um, and then I think, you know, as we grow and as uh, hopefully we, we come to Jesus, the more we start looking to him to meet those needs and to inform our identity, the more that we kind of uh, we can use our personality, the good things that he's put in the inside of us. You know, he will turn yes. all things around for our good. And yeah. so I think even when our personality is shaped out of um, the the experience, even the negative experiences of the world, um, he's going to use that. He's going to give us the gift of using that, turning it around for good yep. to use it as a real asset, a real tool in our lives. Um, so we're, we're seeing our identity um, through him, through what he's created us to be. But now we have these amazing uh, tools that we can use to, to serve our world. That was so beautifully spoken, Katie. <laughs> that was like so, so, so good because it is the balance of our natural humanity totally yeah. submitted to a supernatural God, yeah. you know, who loves us so very, very much. And he's not going to waste anything, yeah. anything in our life, yeah. even our pain. He's not going to waste it. He didn't cause it. He didn't plan it, but he's not going to waste it. Yeah. It'll be a tool for the kingdom. Yeah. Um, Going back to your question earlier, what's another good reason to understand personality is uh, when I understand it, I'm able to understand others better. Mm 
Yeah. So it allows me to recognize, hey, uh, yeah, they might be functioning out of getting their need met, but I understand why. And and it it allows me to connect and relate to them in a way that they can receive. Yeah. I also love the spectrum of differences in people mm-hmm. in that I think until we hit a certain point of maturity, we just think that every person is supposed to be like us. They're yeah. supposed to relate, connect, understand, see the world the way that we see the world. And so I actually love seeing all of the differences um, and and learning to celebrate those things yes. in other people. Yes. All right. Well, do we have any other thoughts on this topic? Now, honestly, I just really feel um, that the things we shared today, you know, are going to give people food for thought, mm-hmm. but it also is going to help each one remove the labels. If there's been labels put on them, this is just the way I am. God created us to be able to be conformed into his image. So it's not just the way I am. It's as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we pursue the kingdom of God and seek first his kingdom, that everything that we have need of will be given to us. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.